Lord, we thank you for bringing us all together here today safely. I want to thank you for everything you've done in our lives throughout the week and everything we know you will continue to do. We just ask that you come be in our midst today as we worship you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Take a second, turn around and say hello to somebody. here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. Help us feed a needy family for Thanksgiving. As a church, we want to feed 100 families this year, and we can do it for $30 per family. If you want to help, give the money to Chuck, or you can give online. Just choose turkey as the giving type. Thanks for helping us feed families for Thanksgiving. Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning, kids. Welcome to fall, right? It's supposed to be summer again this week, though, I think. A um, couple things. If you want to help with Thanksgiving, give me money. Um, the turkeys have already given their lives for us. They're, you know, and, and, and all that stuff. We, we, we buy everything and then we give it away, okay? And um, if you've not been baptized and need, you've decided to follow Jesus and not been baptized, we're going to baptize next Sunday. So let me know. 
Uh, and we're going to do it in, in the church, not at the creek. Okay, the creek's done for the year. We've closed it down. Um, there's a police officer in Franklin, Terry Smith, right? Where they got, right? Is that right? He passed away today. He'd only been sick for about a week. He went to the hospital. So we, we want to pray for his family that, and the, also the police department. Let's do it real quick. So, God, I just thank you that, that Terry's with you today. I pray, Lord, that you just bless the, the men and women that work with him, Lord, in the Franklin Police Department. And I pray for his family that you would just give them your grace and just give them your peace. Thank you, Lord, for his service to our town, Lord, for, for all these years. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, can't think of anything else that's going on. Uh, yesterday we fed the city. Um, we did, they had the trunk or treat thing at Franklin and so all the different agencies were there and we were there doing hot dogs and, uh, the line just kept growing. It was nuts. And, uh, at one point, um, Liz looked at the grill. There was no hot dogs on the grill. Then all of a sudden looked at the thing. There was all kinds of hot dogs on the thing. So we made it, didn't we, Tina? Tina, yeah, it was like, huh? 500 hot dogs. And, and, uh, I took a picture of the last people just for fun and, uh, so we were praying. So it was a miracle of the the hot dogs and buns. You know, in the Bible, it's the fish and loaves. You know, and I was kidding this one preacher. I said we had 12 hot dogs left over and 12 buns, so, and one for each of the disciples. But anyway, it was cool. It was a good good time. So a uh, bunch of people came and helped. So thank you, guys. So uh, I guess we'll say a prayer, another prayer and take up the offerings. So, Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. Uh, use these gifts, Lord, to glorify your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. We started a series four weeks ago um, called What If Jesus Was Serious? And uh, the first Sunday I, I did it, at the end, I said, Jesus was serious. We need to be serious about what he said. And then last Sunday, Mark was supposed to preach. He was sick. He's still sick. He's got kidney stones, hot dog. And so uh, I told him to stay home. He's going to go back to the doctor tomorrow. He was at the hospital a couple times. They sent him home, and he couldn't get his pain med- medicine. So that was no fun. So um, anyway, so just keep praying for him. And um, But I'm going to continue. I'm going to do my own sermon. Last week I preached his sermon, which is totally backwards to me. So I'm going to do my own today. So uh, let's say a prayer. So Lord, just thank you that we can study your word. Help us, God, to learn to live it out, not just know it, but help us to do it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.
What if Jesus' teachings and principles weren't meant as lofty ideas, but something more achievable? Would our lives and our perspectives shift if we choose to listen to his message? If Jesus was serious, we should strive to recognize each person as valuable and treat them with respect. Our character should be more important than our success, and wisdom would be found in unexpected places. If Jesus was serious, we should learn to be content with our current state and not expect more than we can control. If Jesus was serious, we wouldn't strive for self-righteousness or for self-image. Instead, we would strive to show love through our actions, seek God's glory above our own, and live in a way that truly reflects God's image. What if Jesus was serious? If we choose to apply his teachings, we would create a world that's reflective of his image. Let's choose to be serious about following Jesus and work to create the world he desires. All right, I think I'm on. Here we go. Uh, Matthew, this is the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard that it was said, this is Jesus speaking. You've heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. You guys all know that one by heart, right? Yeah. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The word perfect means mature, means complete. Jesus is quoting the law. In the Old Testament, uh, they had the law, and uh, and God gave gave them the law, gave us the Ten Commandments to protect us, okay? Uh, we have laws today, and they're for our protection. Some people don't believe that, and they don't pay any attention. For example, there's a stop sign, and you drive up the stop sign, what are you supposed to do? Unless you live in Heartland. It means roll on through, right? But it really means stop, and we have different things uh, that are supposed to protect us. And turning the other cheek, uh, Jesus comes along and, and, uh, he, he kind of questions these things, but, but the law was given so that people wouldn't, uh, do the wrong kind of retribution or retaliation. For example, uh, you know, someone's, uh, killed your ox. You didn't kill them. You just would replace it with another ox. Does that make sense? So all through the Old Testament, these, these laws and the law was given to protect people. And, uh, it kind of got crazy. Um, turning the other cheek's a hard one. I mentioned this last week. I grew up as a little Baptist preacher's kid, and we had our own rules. And this was the rule. Somebody hits you on one cheek, you turn the other cheek, and then after that, you can do whatever you want. Because you only have two cheeks. But that was totally wrong. Okay? But Jesus said uh, to not, you know, to turn the other cheek. Liam, come here. This is Liam. Give Liam a hand. Good kid. All right. Stand right here, Liam. Okay. Are you right-handed? Okay. How can a person who's right, notice he says, if someone hits you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek. Okay, if he's right-handed and he tries to hit me on this cheek, you can't, can you? So there's only one way he can do that and, and don't do this. I, in the first service, I had an MMA fighter, Anthony, and I, I asked him not to kill me. Okay, 
only way you could do this is backhand me, but don't really hit me, but just do a little backhand thing. There you go, like the, then you do a good job. You should be in the movies. All right, good job. The only way you could do that would, would, was to backhand the person. And it wasn't necessarily like we think of turning the other cheek like that. It's, it was total disrespect. You were disrespecting that person. You were disrespecting his family. And you were, you were doing that to them. And Jesus is saying, when people do those things, don't retaliate. Okay? He, he gives another example, too. He says, you know, if uh, someone takes wants your shirt, give them your coat. He says, if uh, someone wants you to go one mile, go two miles. They had this thing... Um, that the Romans were occupying there, and sometimes a Roman soldier would come along, and he would order a Jewish kid to do something, and they had to do it. And but the, the law said you can only go, you know, the rules you only could go one mile with them, okay? And so going one mile was your obligation. But Jesus says, go further, go two, okay? And and one of the things, in, as, if you're a child of the kingdom, we always do more, okay? And and so he's he's given these rules. Uh, the law was given these rules to protect people, um, and uh, but they were really disrespecting people. Um, bring bring up my picture, Pat. Here we go. The, the narcissist loves only himself. The nationalist loves only his tribe. The activist loves only his cause. The idealist loves only his thoughts. The humanist loves only his concept of humanity. The Christian loves the irritating person right in front of him. Now that's hard, right? That, that's a hard one. So if Jesus was serious, we will love the people who annoy us every day. It got quiet in here. Okay? And if you don't know who those people are, it could be you. You could be the one, right? We tend to put people in two categories. We have friends and we have enemies or people we don't care about. We have people that we like. We have people that we don't like. We have those who are for us. And those who are against us, right? Uh, one guy said, you know, that loving, he, he loved humanity while hating humans. But, but I think Linus says it best. I love mankind as people I can't stand. Right? And so we, we kind of all identify with that and agree with that. But Jesus tells us not to be like that, actually. Um, he tells us uh, to love people. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is calling us to love everyday enemies. In our own households, people who annoy us, people who interfere with what we want to do, that inconsiderate spouse or self-seeking teenager, absent-minded child, disrespectful boss, demanding client. The list goes on and on and on. But Jesus tells us to love people, period, right? And and uh, we think enemy, we think a, a big deal, but, but there's people in our life that do that. So um, do a little exercise here, and this may bring up bad feelings for you, but I want you to take a moment. And identify these enemies in your life, those people who annoy you, that you struggle to love, and ask for grace to love them today. Got that? All right. I know you can't think of anyone, but I can think of people. Amen. That was short-lived, right? Okay. So, we love the people who annoy us every day. Number two, we will value God's word more than our traditions. Jesus uses a phrase. Uh, he used this phrase, you've heard that it was said. And he's talking about the Old Testament. He's quoting the Old Testament. And there are lots of rules in the Old Testament. And he says, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you. And he says it a number of times in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, he's dealing with the Old Testament law. 
But something happened over the years, okay? Something happened over the years was this. Uh, let me give you an example here. I'll bring up that picture. It's a good picture. The, the, the thing is that the Jews put a fence around the law, okay? I'll give you an example. Say this is a cliff, and, and the law is right here. You know, don't do this. Okay, so don't go over the cliff, okay? But the Jews added some things to it. Okay, the Bible didn't add, but they added, a, you know, it's like they put a fence around the law. That's a great picture, by the way. They put a fence around the law. And so this was the point. They didn't want them to get even close to the edge. They put up guardrails. And that's what, the, and they had good intentions. A lot of times we throw the Pharisees and the Sadducees under the bus because they're always harassing Jesus. But their intentions were good. They didn't want people to break the law, so they made up extra stuff. And what happened to that extra stuff is this. That kind of became the tradition or the law in their mind. Okay? Make sense? So this is the deal. The Old Testament doesn't does command people to love their neighbor. But no place in the Old Testament does it say to hate your enemy. Okay, they added that in their tradition. But in that culture, uh, because they used it so much, when they heard those words, that just kind of went along with it. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. And Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say... Love your enemy and pray for those people who who disrespect you or who persecute you. And, and so uh, Jesus kind of corrects everything in that. Um, give you an example. If, go to the next thing there, Pat. Okay. An example is this. We can hold the authority of the Scripture. Holding the authority of the Scripture does not mean that all other sources of truth, including science, are illegitimate. Does that make sense? Well... Your mom can explain to you later. Okay? Uh, I'll just use you for props, not questions. But um, Sometimes people think that this is the only truth in this book. The Bible is, is the truth. Okay? But you go to the doctor, right? And there's other things that, that, that you do. Uh, all truth, I believe all truth is God's truth. But, but sometimes we've, we've uh, made our traditions the truth and, and, uh, and taken them over God. But... Um, Tradition's a, a, a big deal. I grew up in a Baptist church, and we had some we had some different traditions. and And I don't know how this even happened, but growing up in the church that I grew up in, we thought that people in other churches weren't Christians because they weren't Baptist. Anybody grew up Baptist? Now, no one said that. We just kind of assumed that, right? Let's assume everyone's lost because we thought we were the only ones. There's an old joke about a, a, a guy dies and he goes to heaven and, and St. Peter's taking him down the hallway and showing him the different denominations. And here he goes. He goes, there's the Methodists here and here's the, here's the Presbyterians and here's the Church of God. And he goes, shh, shh, be quiet. That's the Baptists. He says, they think they're the only ones here. Okay. <laughs> no one really taught that, but I just assumed that, that, okay. And, and tradition kind of gets, kind of gets crazy and, and we go with tradition. All truth is God's truth. And it's easy to, to value tradition over what Jesus said. Now, I, I, when we first started the church, I worked for Catholic Social Services. Anybody grew up Catholic in this place? All right. I'm not ragging on Catholics at all today. I love, love Catholics. And, uh, but I remember going to Ash Wednesday service with them. You know, and we didn't do Ash Wednesday in the Baptist church. You know, we didn't even know what it was. But I'd go to Mass with them because I worked there and, and uh, go to Ash Wednesday. That's when you get ashes on your head, right? Right? Okay? Because you see people walking around. And so I, I go to Ash Wednesday. The priest gets up and he reads the scripture. 
And, and Jesus says, when you fast, don't let anyone know it. Wash your face and comb your hair and, and kind of do it in secret. And he reads that scripture. And then he invites everyone to come up and get ashes on their head. And I, and I look at my supervisor. She goes, are you going to go get ashes on your head? I go, I don't do ashes. Okay. And, uh, I said, did you just hear what he said? I said, Jesus just said, don't let anyone know what you're doing. I says, and you're going to go up front and get something on your head so everyone will know what you're doing. And she goes, well, that's just what we do. It was tradition. And that's okay. God bless them. I understand the whole thing now better. Okay. Um, but, but what happened in the New Testament, they let their traditions take over and they, and they neglected what God really said. And so the point is this, we need to value what Jesus said over our traditions. Make sense? Beat that one to death. Sorry about that. Um, three, we'll love with our actions, not with merely our feelings. Now, when we hear the word in our culture, we get, we get kind of weird feelings, okay? Uh, bring up the, the, my definition here. We, we, we think love, we think it's some gooey, sentimental, emotional kind of feeling, right? Now, anybody remember being a teenager? Couple of you? I've been 18 for 54 years, so, okay? In high school, you're in love all kinds of times, right? Now, boys were just full of hormones as girls. A girl would walk down the hall in Franklin High School, and she'd be beautiful. And I'd go, well, I think I'm in love. It wasn't love. It was lust purely, right? Okay? But we, when we hear the word love, we get all sentimental, and we get all inside. It's kind of a fun, funny feeling. And I go, well, I don't think you're in love. I think you got that 24-hour virus, right? And, and uh, But we get sentimental. So when we hear the word, when Jesus says, love your enemies, we think, how can I do that? You know, I don't have that feeling toward them. I don't feel sick at my stomach, and, and uh, we get all messed up. The love that Jesus talks about in the Bible <clears throat> involves the will, that it's a choice, okay, that we choose to love people. You know, it's not some, oh, I think I'm in love. It, it's I, I choose to love this person. And when Jesus says love your enemies, that's a choice that, that we have to make. And uh, it goes along with all the New Testament. And real love actually seeks the good of the other person. Real love wants the best thing for the other person. So, so it's a choice. Um, I put this in my notes. To love our enemy is to seek what is the best interest of our enemy, even if they, we don't agree. Jesus, all the way through, if we're citizens of the kingdom, he always tells us to put the interests of others above ourselves. That we put others first. We let people go up in front of us. I have a love-o-meter, right? Here's a love-o-meter. <clears throat> There's selfish love, sentimental love, sexual love. Uh, service love, and then there's sacrificial love. And the, the love that Jesus talks about in the Bible is sacrificial love. You know that scripture, greater love hath no man than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friends. He chooses to do that. And people do that all the time. That's a common phrase used with people in the military. That they choose to lay down their life so they can save their friends or, or a policeman. Okay, They choose to do this because they want the other people to be safe. Sacrificial love is a choice. It's an act of your will that you choose I'm going to love the other person. So Jesus tells us that we're to love our enemies, that we choose uh, to love those people that, that are our enemies and, and uh, to put them ahead of ourselves. Fourth thing. If Jesus was serious, then prayer will transform how we see our enemies. <clears throat> and this is a big one, okay? Uh, Jesus tells us uh, to love our enemies. He tells us to pray for them. And this is what happens when you pray for your enemies. When you pray for them, 
we're fulfilling the first part of, the, of loving. And one of the greatest things you can do for somebody else is pray for them. Okay? And, and this is what happens. When you pray for them, we begin to see them in the light of God's presence. We start to see them differently. Okay? It's, it's hard to hate someone while you're praying for them. Right? It, it changes, it changes the deal. Okay? They may not change. Okay? But we do. Because we're loving them, we're choosing to love them, and we're gonna pray for them, and, and we're gonna care about them. Um, <clears throat> I have an older brother named Gary. And, uh, Gary's always been my hero. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I, if he watches, I, you know, I love you, Gary, you know that. <clears throat> a bunch of years ago when I was a teenager, Gary did something that hurt me deeply. He didn't do anything to me. I just was disappointed in him. Does that make sense? You ever been disappointed in someone? And I was so upset with him and, and he kind of started doing a downward spiral doing stuff, okay, that, that we weren't brought up to do. Okay? He's played music, he's good, he's really good, you know, and, and, uh, sang in all these places like, um, there used to be the places like the outside, different places around town, he would play all these honky tonk, uh, beer drinking music. For example, you know, he, if you Google it, Gary Wolf, go on Hee Haw, he's on Hee Haw. And his big song was, you bring the wine and I'll bring the heartaches. Okay, you know, and that, that was his song. And, and so, so I was, used to be a holy Christian. So for years I would pray for him. But my prayer was this, God get him. You know, and do whatever it takes, Lord, to bring him back to you and blah, 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 and all that. And that's because I was real holy. And then the Lord showed me that I was the one who was messed up. Now Gary has own issues, but my attitude toward, toward him was bad. So I had to change my prayer. God, Make Gary the best country singer in the world, you know, you know, and, and bless him. So then not long after that, he's on the country music awards, you know, and he's on whatever and all those kinds of things. But the problem was not him. It was me. OK, when I changed my prayer, I changed how I saw him. You know, and, and when we change our prayer towards someone, it changes us. It's, it's like these glasses you put on, you know, there's your enemy. But when you start to pray for them, you see them in a totally different light. Does that make sense? Love is a decision. Okay? You know, it, it's not a, it's, you know, it, it's a decision, it's a commitment, it's an action, it's not a feeling that you choose to care about someone. And Jesus says, you know, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, go the extra mile, do all these things, okay? And, um, Jesus, one of his disciples was John the Beloved, right? He wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote the book of Revelation, he wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. And he says this in 1 John. Listen to what it says. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So that's how we're supposed to be. What if Jesus is serious? I think he is. So two questions. What's God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it today? So let's just bow our heads for a second. Maybe you've never come to the place that you've decided to follow Jesus. Or you've identified with him in baptism. You know, or maybe you've got people and right now you need to... You need to say, God, help me because of attitudes in your own life. So let's just listen to this song just for a second. Think about these two questions.
Amen. So practice that one this week. Okay? If you have one of these, take it out. Peel out the, the top part. The bread comes out somehow. And then you open the next one and the, the, the juice comes out. Okay? Now, I, in the church I grew up in, we didn't do this all the time. We did it once a quarter, sometimes once a month. And that became our tradition. Okay? And, and so some people still feel like it. you're only supposed to do it this, whatever, because that's the way we've always done it. Right? And we get stuck in traditions real easy. Um, but in the New Testament, they got together, they ate together, they shared communion together, they remember what Jesus did. So we do this every week to remind us of who we are and whose we are, that we belong to him, that we are part of a family. Okay? When you become a follower of Jesus, you, you, you have a biological family, then you get a bigger family. Uh, Jesus once was teaching, and, and uh, the people thought he was demonized, and so even his mother and brothers came to get him. And they even said to Jesus, your mom and your brothers are out there. And Jesus says, who are my mother and brothers but, but they that do the will of God? And so, so we're part of a family. And so we do this as a family meal to remember what Jesus said. So, and we always say the Lord's Prayer to kind of center our hearts. So let's say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this remembrance of me. At the end, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant, new relationship in my blood. Do this remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, at Corinth, and he said this, As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes. We're remembering what Jesus did. We're reminded of what we're supposed to do. Amen. Let's all stand. Liam, thanks for helping me. Good job. And thank all you guys who came and helped uh, yesterday feed Franklin 500 hot dogs, right? Remember this policeman's family in prayer and police force in prayer? You know, that's, that's a, I mean, their job's crazy anyway. And then, then to, he, what'd you say? He went to the hospital last Sunday, right? He went to the hospital last Sunday and then and they discovered he had cancer different place so pray for his family too so let's close in prayer lord again lift this dear man up and his family in prayer ask you to bless them god help us as we go from this place to be your hands and feet lord help us to love people in our life who who drive us crazy lord help us just to demonstrate your love to them help us to forgive them help us to accept them help us to to be what you've called us to be help us to take what you said serious in jesus name everybody said amen Amen. bless you